If Candlemas be fair and bright, winter has another flight. If Candlemas bring clouds and rain, winter will not come again. If Candlemas day is bright and clear, there'll be two winters this year. For as the sun shines on Candlemas day, so far will the snow swirl until May. For as the snow blows on Candlemas day, so far will the sun shine before May. The celebration of Candlemas has roots in both biblical and pagan traditions. Here in Pennsylvania, over the last 200 years or so, Candlemas has become something referred to as Groundhog Day, the one day each year when the residents of the Keystone State turn to a furry little underground dweller to predict the weather. This is the story of how a recognized religious holiday became an event dedicated to a rodent. One particular rodent, who lives in a town called Gobbler's Knob. I'm Dina Marie, your host on this twisted journey. Welcome to Twisted Philly. There's more mischief, mayhem, and nefarious goings-on in the city of brotherly love than Billy Penn could have ever imagined. We've got it all here on the Twisted Philly podcast. True crime, haunted history, the coolest and creepiest places to visit. Welcome, Welcome to, to Twisted, Twisted Philly. Philly. Every year on February 2nd, the residents of Pennsylvania arise and wait for news from a little town about 80 miles or so east of Pittsburgh called Punxsutawney. In the early 1700s, this was a desirable settlement for Delaware Indians because it was about halfway between the Allegheny and Susquehanna rivers. It was a rich, lush area filled with ample game in the Pennsylvania woods, nearby mountains provided protection, and of course the rivers were abundant with fish and water. Yet there was something else those flowing rivers attracted, bugs. Punxsutawney is an Unami word, which is the language of the Lenape tribes, and it translates to town of the sandflies, or town of the mosquitoes. Today, all of us with our various derivatives of Philly and Pennsylvania accents say Punxsutawney, but Native Americans pronounced it Punxsutawney, that literally translates to mosquito town. Blood-sucking mosquitoes aside, the Delaware Indians held precious the belief their ancestors were animals living within Mother Earth, whom arose from the ground and transformed into men. This is the Native American legend of Wojak, a woodchuck who was the ancestral father of the Delaware Indians. Wojak is where the word woodchuck has its origins, and that's just another word for groundhog. Okay, so put the groundhog on pause for a few minutes. We'll come back to him because he is an important part of this story. Yet there are so many other elements that contribute to the legend of Groundhog Day. It's a circuitous road we'll travel over a few hundred years mixed with pagan traditions, Christian celebrations, and Native American folklore. In the poems I read at the top of the episode, I mentioned Candlemas, which is a Christian holiday celebrated on February 2nd. Candlemas marks special events in Christianity and Catholicism. It's believed in many Christian religions Mary presented Jesus to the Lord at the temple in Jerusalem after following 40 days of purification after Jesus' birth. 
During that ceremony, Jesus was called a light for the world, and it's from this reference to light that the name Candlemas was born. Candlemas celebrations date back as far as the 4th century. Some Christian churches refer to Candlemas as the Feast of the Presentation of Christ in the Temple, while others call this celebration the Feast for the Purification of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Based on the historical and biblical origins, Candlemas is really both of these events. Christians mark this special day by lighting blessed candles, and churches often feature candlelit processions during Mass. There are so many different traditions in Candlemas celebrations, including bringing candles to church to be blessed, then using the blessed candles at home. In my research, I learned some Christians leave their Christmas decorations up until February 2nd to celebrate Candlemas. Huh. So that's what I'm going to tell people I'm doing because my Christmas decorations are still up. I'll take them down after Candlemas. Besides candles, there's another symbol which represents Candlemas, snowdrop flowers, which some people call Candlemas bells because they bloom in winter, often even before Candlemas on February 2nd. Superstitious legends say you shouldn't bring these flowers into your home before Candlemas. So if you live in an area where these lovely little white bell flowers bloom, leave them where they are, at least until February 2nd. Before Candlemas was a recognized Christian tradition, there was the celebration of Imbolc. Imbolc was a Gaelic festival celebrating the transition from winter to spring. It was a time to rejoice days getting longer and nights getting shorter, typically celebrated on February 1st, which, like Candlemas, falls midway between the winter solstice and the spring equinox. Imbolc was associated with the pagan goddess Brigid, who represents spring and fertility. As we've seen with so many other pagan and druid rituals, when the Christians came on the scene, they said, oh, we can't have you celebrating all these heathen events. And the locals said, well, shoot on that. We're going to keep celebrating our heathen events, whether you like it or not. So the Christians said, well, maybe we can compromise. We'll turn the goddess Brigid into St. Bridget. And since Imbolc is on February 1st, that's pretty close to Candlemas on February 2nd, so you can continue your celebrations as long as it's got our flavor in it. Early European Christians believed if Candlemas was filled with sunshine, there would be 40 more days of winter. Now, this is likely a holdover from the more pagan celebration of Imbolc, which had a lot more to do with the advent of spring and less to do with Christianity. In Germany, the concept of sunshine on Candlemas predicting the weather depended on animals who dwelled underground. 17th century Germans looked to badgers rising from midwinter hibernation and pronounced the day sunny only if those animals saw their shadows. If they did see their shadows, they would burrow back into their dens, making a silent proclamation that winter wasn't yet over. In the 1700s, German immigrants who settled in Pennsylvania brought with them the tradition of Candlemas, not only the religious aspects, but also the tradition of letting animals predict the next six weeks of winter. When they arrived in Pennsylvania, they saw groundhogs instead of badgers, and that's how the groundhog was chosen as the animal to watch on February 2nd. The first recorded mention of a groundhog seeing his shadow was on February 4th in 1841 by a Morgantown, Pennsylvania shopkeeper named James Morrison. Morgantown is in Berks County. It's about an hour and a half west of Philadelphia, nowhere near Punxsutawney. Mr. Morrison's diary entry read, Last Tuesday, the 2nd, was the day of which, according to the Germans, 
the groundhog peeps out of his winter quarters, and if he sees his shadow, he pops back for another six weeks' nap. But if the day be cloudy, he remains out, as the weather is to be moderate. Forty-six years later, Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania held its first official Groundhog Day. It wasn't much, merely a headline in the Punxsutawney spirit on February 2nd, 1886, by Climber Freeze. That was the spirit's editor. The announcement read, Today is Groundhog Day, and up to the time of going to press, the beast has not seen its shadow. Freeze named the groundhog Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, sage of sages, prognosticator of prognosticators, and weather prophet extraordinary. Editor Freeze reminds me a little of the Wizard of Oz with all those proclamations of greatness. And really, what else do you need? Descriptors like that create the perception of wizardry, a groundhog that could predict the weather. Freeze called Punxsutawney the weather capital of the world, although it really is anything but. The results of Punxsutawney Phil's debut meteorological prediction, no shadow, which meant an early spring. Some state residents consider 1887 the first Groundhog Day, but technically it's the second. However, February 2nd, 1887 was the first Groundhog Day event, and Climber Freeze was the orchestrator. He convinced a group of local businessmen and groundhog hunters, yes, groundhog hunters. Groundhogs were killed for their meat, Ew. They were also killed because they were pests who burrowed under gardens and fields, and they were good target practice for young men learning to hunt. This group of groundhog hunters were members of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, and in 1887, Climber Freeze, the editor of the Punxsutawney Spirit newspaper, convinced them to make a splash on February 2nd and create an event to celebrate Groundhog Day. Freeze and the members of the Groundhog Club headed on out to a part of town called, wait for it, Gobbler's Knob. I am not kidding. The home of Punxsutawney Phil is called Gobbler's Knob. And that's all I'm going to say about that in case the little twisters are listening to this episode. Today, there's a stage with a huge sign reading Gobbler's Knob, home of Punxsutawney Phil, and a big groundhog painted on the sign. There's a tree stump that serves as home to Punxsutawney Phil, even has his name on a little plaque above the little tiny doors. Phil doesn't live there all year long. The stump was created especially for the annual Groundhog Day celebration. Over the last 130 years, Phil's seen his shadow 104 times. There were nine years where no record was captured, and 17 years where Phil predicted an early spring, which meant no shadow. And living here in Pennsylvania my entire life, I can tell you Phil's predictions are usually garbage. It's not uncommon for us to get snow in March, even in April once in a while. February is a monster some years. Of course Phil's predictions don't indicate whether we'll get an early spring, but it's so much fun to tune into the news each year on February 2nd and watch the celebrations from Gobbler's Knob. This is pitiful. A thousand people freezing their butts off waiting to worship a rat. What a hype. Sound like they used to mean something in this town. They used to pull the hog out and they used to eat it. You're hypocrites. All of you. If you've seen the 1993 film Groundhog Day starring Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott, then you may think you know what Groundhog Day looks like in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. And you would be wrong. The movie wasn't filmed in Punxsutawney. It wasn't even filmed in Pennsylvania. Groundhog Day was filmed in Woodstock, Illinois. Punxsutawney didn't have a cute little downtown that would create charming imagery on film. Plus, 
Punxsutawney is a little remote, over an hour east of Pittsburgh. That's the closest big city, no major highways nearby. So filming in Punxsutawney would have been a logistical challenge, if not a nightmare. Um, will you be checking out today, Mr. Connors? Chance of departure today, 100%. That's not the only difference in the film. Groundhog Day in Pennsylvania is not a downtown celebration. It's at Gobbler's Knob on Woodland Avenue. That's southeast of Punxsutawney, just on the edge of town. In 1966, Gobbler's Knob opened year-round so visitors from all over Pennsylvania could check out the home of Punxsutawney Phil. And I say from all over Pennsylvania because I don't know that Gobbler's Knob gets many visitors throughout the year from around the country. The film did create a near-exact replica of the Gobbler's Knob stage. They also used groundhog memorabilia in the movie that's the same in Punxsutawney, like groundhog head trash cans and groundhog flags that fly in Pennsylvania for the annual festival. In the week leading up to Groundhog Day, the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club hosts all sorts of events to build excitement and celebrate this Pennsylvania tradition. This year, there's a crowning of Little Mr. and Miss Groundhog on Saturday, January 27th. And on Sunday the 28th, you can have breakfast with Phil. Yeah, eat breakfast with a groundhog. Attendees are encouraged to bring their camera. Breakfast is served at Gobbler's Knob on Woodland Avenue from 8 a.m. to 11 a.m. The Gobbler's Knob talent competition is also on the 28th at 4 p.m. at their local community center. It's open to all ages and the grand prize is $500. Thursday, February 1st offers even more activities. There's chainsaw carving, craft fairs, and historic displays of Groundhog Days from years past, all in Barclay Square. They've got scavenger hunts, story time for kids, walking tours, food tours. It's really amazing what this town does to celebrate Groundhog Day and draw tourists to Punxsutawney. Then, February 2nd is the big day. Between 3 a.m. and 8 a.m., Everyone waits for Phil's weather forecast, although his prediction usually comes in around 7.30. There's a stage show and even fireworks at Gobbler's Knob. Plus, they've got more events throughout the day at the community center and in the town square. What I love about watching the news from Gobbler's Knob is the level of ceremony dedicated to Groundhog Day. Now this second day of February, 2017... The 131st annual trek of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club before one of the largest crowds in the history of the Groundhog Day. <laughs> Punxsutawney Phil, the seer of seers, prognosticator of all prognosticators, was awakened from his burrow to the cheers of his thousands of faithful followers. In Groundhog Ease, he directed the president and the intercircled his prediction scroll, which reads, at Gobbler's Knob on Groundhog Day, we celebrate a worldwide holiday. It's mighty cold weather you've been braving. Is it winter or is it summer you're craving? Since we've been up all night and starting to toddle, I, Punxy Phil, shall not dawdle. My faithful followers, I clearly see a perfect, clear shadow of me. Six more weeks of winter. Members of the Punxsutawney Groundhog Club, called the Inner Circle, wear tuxedos and top hats before tens of thousands of visitors. Yeah, there is a boatload 
Notice I could have said a different word there, and I didn't, again, just in case the little twisters are listening. But there's a boatload of people who head out to Punxsutawney each year for Groundhog Day. Punxsutawney also features an annual Wojak weekend to celebrate the area's first settlers, the Delaware Indians, and their legends of the grandfather woodchuck. Early in the episode, I referred to the groundhog as a rodent. And they're not rodents. Okay, well, technically, it's a type of rodent. It's called a mormont. So it's really a large squirrel. There are so many different varieties of mormots, but to me, almost all of them look like groundhogs. A gray groundhog, a red groundhog, a really cute chubby groundhog, skinny ones, ones with thicker, bushier tails, ones with lighter fur, but they're all groundhogs to me. Groundhogs are reportedly one of the few animals that truly hibernate, which means they go into a coma-like state. It's not just a deep sleep. Their body temperature drops to just a few degrees above freezing. Their blood flow and heartbeat all but stop. They barely breathe. That is so creepy to me. Most groundhogs weigh between 12 to 15 pounds, but our special guy, Punxsutawney Phil, is a big boy. He weighs in at 20 pounds and is 22 inches long. Phil's got special handlers to ensure he stays safe and everyone else around him stays safe on Groundhog Day because these animals aren't pets. The Punxsutawney Groundhog Club says Phil is 131 years old. Although most groundhogs live to between six and eight years, Phil drinks a special elixir every summer that extends his life. There's a Cherokee legend about the groundhog and his short tail that I thought was charming and warm and very family-friendly, and I'd like to share it with all of you. I'm going to read it exactly as it was written. Seven wolves once caught a groundhog and said, Now we will kill you and have something good to eat. But the groundhog said, When we find good food, we must rejoice over it, as people do in the green corn dance. I know you mean to kill me, and I can't help myself. But if you want to dance, I'll sing for you. This is a new dance entirely. I'll lean up against seven trees in turn, and you will dance out and then turn and come back. As I give the signal and the last turn, you may kill me. The wolves were very hungry, but they wanted to learn the new dance, so they told him to go ahead. The groundhog leaned up against a tree and began his song, and all the wolves danced out in front until he gave the signal when they turned and danced back in line. That's fine, said the groundhog, and went over to the next tree and started the second song. The wolves danced out, then turned at the groundhog's signal and danced back again. That's very fine, said the groundhog. He went over to another tree, started the third song. The wolves danced their best, and the groundhog encouraged them. But at the end of each song, he took another tree, and each tree was a little nearer to his hole under a stump. At the seventh song, he said, now this is the last dance. And when I say you, you will all turn and come after me, and the one who gets me may have me. So he began the seventh song and kept it up until the wolves were away out in front. Then he gave the signal and made a jump for his hole. The wolves turned and were after him, but he reached the hole first and dived in. Just as he got inside, the foremost wolf caught him by the tail and gave it such a pull that it broke off. And the groundhog's tail has been short ever since. When Chekhov saw the long winter, he saw a winter bleak and dark and bereft of hope. Yet we know that winter is just 
another step in the cycle of life. But standing here among the people of Punxsutawney and basking in the warmth of their hearths and hearts, I couldn't imagine a better fate than a long and lustrous winter. Thank you to Emmy Sarah for the music you heard in this and almost every episode of Twisted Philly. You can find out more about Emmy on her website at emmysarah.com and you can download her music on iTunes. As always, thank you for listening. That's it from me. Ciao for now, Twisters.